Take Bibles and turn to Psalm 1 for just a minute. I've been thinking about this a lot as I've been studying Titus. Psalm is Psalm 1 is one of my favorite psalms. In it, it pictures the contrast between a righteous person and an unrighteous man. And I'm not going to belabor it. You are real familiar with it, but I have been thinking about this a bit. Psalm 1 reads, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked, who contrast that, are not so. They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, nor for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked perish. In that psalm there, the three, the pictures there, the one who, the man who does not walk, nor stand, nor sit, all three of those, I think, relate in one way or another to the receiving of information and communication to some degree. The uh, man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked is saying that blessed is the man who does not walk in the instruction, the input, who does not uh, set his heart, his life on the things of the wicked. Um, Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. <laughs> and uh, he goes on talking about that. This kind of gives us a picture of it, trusting in something other than the Lord. That has to do with walking, which is the, the progress of, of your life as you move along through life. That, that picture is given. But then sanding is a slowing down process. The uh, several translations translate that the way of the sinners. Also, several other translations, not of that verse, but that word where that phrase is used, speak of it as a journey. And I think it's interesting to think about the fact that the Lord is warning us not only to get our instruction from the wicked, but don't be... Uh, standing around in our life or in our way or in our journey with sinners. I was thinking about that and thinking about the influence that our friends can have on us, that uh, the companions that you have, that you choose, are very important. And um, my son never really had a problem with that, but I have run across many families and parents who have told me that their kids resent the parents dictating their friends. But many times the, the parents can see the difference between good friends and bad friends, and they have that wisdom 
The third picture is one who is sitting in the seat of scoffers or the fellowship of scoffers. Scoffers are those that belittle holy things and stuff like that. I was thinking about that, the walking, the standing, and the sitting. When I list, was listening to a production or study by one of the teachers from Zion's Hope or Zion's Fire, I think uh, Zion's Hope is the organization, Zion's Fire is the name of their publication which they publish. But one of the teachers there, Jewish man, was teaching on some of the aspects of Jewish culture and particularly the synagogue. And near the end of his study, he talked about that in that day, rabbis or teachers had disciples. You talked about that in your Sunday school class and the disciples really looked up to the teachers and would often identify themselves. I wear an Alabama shirt. They would wear something that would identify with a particular <laughs> rabbi. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, um, but he said that uh, there were, this is important, because as soon as he said this, I thought about this song. He said there were three positions that rabbis used to teach their disciples. One was as they were walking, that they would be walking and they would see things uh, in illustrations. You remember when Jesus, uh, Matthew 24, was coming out of the the temple and there were disciples were walking with him and they looked at the buildings they started pointing out the buildings and jesus started talking with them about that but he didn't get into detail till later when he sat down on mount of Olives. but he was walking and he was giving casual teaching um that is uh that's that's one of the good ways of teaching because you're with the disciple the, the teacher the rabbi you see his life you see what he's doing you go with him where he's going and you learn as you're going about the surroundings and things like that the standing is another teaching position where you stop and you stand. That I think would be parallel in the life of Jesus when he went up to Caesarea Philippi. The disciples were there. They were gathered around. They were talking. Doesn't say anything about sitting at that point. Later on, he sat down. But they were. He was asking him, "Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" And they were talking with him about that. And they were learning from him as he was standing still and communicating things with them. At least that's the way it looked to me in the passage. The third teaching position is of sitting, which is the formal teaching. If you turn to the Sermon on the Mount, which I'm not, uh, Jesus, it says, he sat down and his disciples gathered with him and he began to teach. And that is the formal teaching position. Many times in the scripture, you'll find when Jesus sits down the disciples are gathered around his feet and he's teaching them and going into some serious discourse that also happened uh on the Olivet discourse uh, later when jesus went to the mount of olives and he sat down and the disciples came to him and said tell us what one of these things be what's going to be the sign of your coming and so so and so forth but i think that's interesting that these are positions and i honestly do not know i don't have a verse of scripture that says that these parallel the three examples used in psalm one but it's interesting to me that those examples there are the same and that there are there are methods of input that we have from uh, the, the wicked people, sinners, those that are scoffers. There are ways that we learn from them and can pick up habits and traits and, and uh, lessons that are bad lessons and uh, that we just want to be 
cautious and careful about how we go about investing things in our minds, where we go for the information, where we go for the example. Do you see what I'm saying? That it does matter. It really does. And we just want to be very careful about that. <clears throat> that was just one of the things I thought was interesting that I kept thinking, I'd like to share that with you. To me, that's really right. interesting, those three examples that he said when he was talking about the three positions of the rabbis and teaching the disciples, the, the position of walking, the position of standing, and the position of seating, all three of those positions that were related in one way or another with the communication of information to the disciples. Tonight, we are here gathered around the Lord and uh, to focus on him as he was reclining with his disciples gathered around in sort of a, a, a reclining position, not sort of, it was a reclining position and the disciples, he got up at one time and washed the feet and so on and so forth, but it was a fellowship. He, he said, uh, as he began to do this, he said, with desire, I have desired to eat this with you. The word that he uses for desire is the word that's translated in many places, lust doesn't mean sexual lust, it just means a strong desire and a passion. I've wanted to have this fellowship with my disciples before I die. And so tonight we are here to do that um, as he has asked us to do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to open it in prayer and then uh, after I, I won't close the prayer, I'm going to sit down. Larry, do you mind closing that time of prayer and give people a chance to pray? And, um, I've also asked Rick, I don't know if you, who you have to do the elements, but I've asked Rick because he'll probably cut us off in time to see the Super Bowl game or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we thank you for the fellowship of the saints and your goodness to us. I couldn't help as I was thinking about these positions of sitting and walking and standing and how merciful and gracious and good you are to become man and to come down here to this planet this sin cursed earth there were times when you like with abraham when you said you were going to go down and look at something and see if it was as bad as as it seemed like it was that you were physically here to look at and investigate and you came down with your disciples and you walked with them and you talked with them and you have taught us and communicated to us through their examples and through the word that they have given to us of your great mercy and your great love. I thank you so much for that. Thank you that you are patient with us, that you are gracious with us, that while our deserves are that we deserve judgment and rejection and hell, you have given us mercy and grace and love and heaven and we are so thankful for that and tonight lord as we have come in obedience <clears throat> not to impress people with our knowledge not to impress people with the greatness of our speaking ability but we've come to focus on you and to share one with the other some of the great things that you have helped us see and appreciate about you. We do not want to, to draw the disciples after us. We're not wanting to gain a popularity contest or whatever, but rather we want to point to you. We want you to be exalted. We want our lives to be touched 
by you tonight. And so we commit this time to you and that with that intention and ask that we know you're here. We thank you for coming. We ask you to just really speak to us and minister to us your word and to bring honor and glory to your name as we continue before you tonight.